another episode of so catch insider my name is ben i'm chris i'm swizz and thank you for joining me it is the team by team series analysis and today you are joined with the wonderful the premiership favorite brisbane lions not biased at all no bullshit just um, quite just quietly there mate just, just sorry to interrupt you but the swizz in, he introduced himself as swizz but really he should be introducing himself as sports person of the year. So thank you. Thank you, Swizz. Well done, mate. Well done. Absolutely. <laughs> for, for, for those who don't know, yeah, I actually did um, down here in Victoria win um, Danny Nong's sports person of the year. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a very exciting day with the fr- friends and family. Our, our what I want to know, Park, so. what I want to know is how many times did you drop Supercoach Insider or hashtag, do you know hashtag what? SC Insider I actually, I actually brought, we had to do some filming for it the other day. And I actually did drop it, but they said it was most likely to be edited out the final oh. part. But <laughs> I was like, because they're like, you know what? uh, well, what's your involvement in the community? And I'm like, oh, I'm the Parkfield <laughs> Cricket President, rah, 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 rah. Also, um, part of the, the panel for the Super Coach Inside. You know what? Fuck them. I'm editing this out now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, congratulations, buddy. That's uh, honestly, no, appreciate that's, it. It's a good achievement, mate. So well done. But well, I'm, still well gonna, I'm still going to make a pile on every chance I get. Oh, 100%. I 100%. <laughs> Speaking right. of achievements, let's talk about the Brisbane Lions, boys. Um, or lack thereof, but, you know, whatever. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Collingwood, being in the top eight for one year out of how many? Um, top four, thank you, mate. Don't, same don't, here. don't diminish same here. our results. Same I'm having here. I'm a one and a half glass full right now, and I'm starting to get into your line, so get enjoy Sit down. See, it's going to be that looks comfy 60%. Ride. That looks 60% empty to me. Um, before we move on, it's inside of 100. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok as well. Also, all the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. Uh, shout out as well to splashvodka.com.au. I'm really keen for another sponsorship and uh, endorsement through them this year as well. And on YouTube, Chris. Uh, yeah, search for Supercoach Insider. Um, we're, we're hitting up all the shorts at the moment as well. We'll probably get Ben to you know spend his, uh, when he's not teaching kids on how to, um, I don't know, run around, do volleyball and stuff like that. He's, uh, I'll be on paternity leave. Um, basically this time, this time next week, I'll be off uh, two weeks, half pay paternity leave, looking after the little one while the new little one is getting, um, adapted to the environment. So look, that's it. news for Absolutely. me in the next week. So you've got time to edit the YouTube shorts is what, is that what you're saying? Oh, I'm trying, I'm doing so much <laughs> to get, doing so much to get ready before I hand over. Cause I'm kind of OCD. Like I need everything planned and, and. Yeah, I don't want to stitch yeah. someone up, so I've been trying to jam everything. I mean, at um, least you've got online yeah. and recorded your um your road to round one series that uh, Swizz hasn't done, even though he's had like three weeks' notice. So that's good. That's wasn't good, that the it? hey hey boys? I've got Friday ready. I'm going to do <laughs> all the super coach I on the Friday. Friday. It is coming. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's okay. Got, I got Chris got, has been got releasing one every other week. We got Twitter comments. We got people tweeting us saying when Swizz going to release his round his um his road to round one series. You know, they're looking for the content, mate, That's and right. you know the sports person of the year is not providing. Yeah, exactly. So, We're completely off topic. Yeah, we, are. <laughs> yeah but, we don't want to talk Brisbane, mate. But Chris, how many have you recorded? Swiss is zero. I'm one. What are you on? Three. I'm on three, mate. Hey, I was going to record four today, but I felt bad for you lot, so I thought I'd just you know calm down a little bit. 
The typical look at me, look at me. Everyone's changing their team every week, Chris. It's meant to be a podcast every month saying this is where my team sits at this month. And you're like, nah, stuff it. More content. Let's hey, share like content, Chris. Absolutely. If you want, content down. If you want more content, I'm in for the more content. If you want more content from Chris and not just the once a month for his team in the Road 2 series, please do comment below because I'm like, Chris, I'm like, what are you doing? No, no, I'm doing it again. Good content. I've, I've, my team's changed. And I was like, okay. And Swizz is just there, still asleep. Look, Swizz, you alive? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm absolutely okay. Right, he's he's alive. He's uh, staring. He's admiring his his plaque. It's been a. Do you want me I'm, to get I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's been a long day or if it's just geriatric. <laughs> Which one? Just falling asleep. Nine thirty-four p.m. in Victoria time. Yes. Dude, this is content right here. That's what that is. That is. So actually, this is, so people actually believe me. Uh, it's like four and a half minutes of waffles. Anyway, so Brisbane Lions, if we can get back onto script, boys. Uh, let's go through the ins and outs. Gunson came in, Connor McKenna in, Dunkley in as well. And uh, Will Ashcroft drafted, pick number two, father son. Fletcher drafted, pick number 12, father and son. Joyce came in. Hello, Joyce. Uh, came Joyce. in as a supplementary uh, supplement. What do you call it? Supplement for Adams. Um, SSPs. Yeah, Daryl White Jr. is a Category B rookie, so he was at basketball and then came back to footy. And also they got uh, Mr. – I don't even know how you say his name, Shadu or Insane in the Membrane, uh, Mr. Brain at another Category B rookie. So leaving the side, we had Berry, um, Berry Jr., so Tom Berry going to the Gold Coast, uh, Mitchell Cox uh, left as well, delisted, McFadden delisted, McStay, a free agent at Collingwood, Robinson, uh, Robbo is retired forced retirement, Eli Smith delisted, which is unlucky. I've been waiting for him to play a game. And uh, also someone else I can't even say, don't even know who he is, but he's gone as well. So that's pretty much it for that part. Let's look at the Brisbane Lions. 15 wins, seven losses, probably not their best year, but that top four was so competitive and it really did make things interesting. So, Oh, that's right. You guys were out of the four. and, um, and Yeah, because we got flogged. In, eh? We needed to win to stay top four. Melbourne flogged us. But, hey, look, we beat them to get through that top four. So it's okay. I'd rather, <laughs> win, in, rather, I'd rather win in finals. I've told everyone this story, surely. I went, went in early, got a nice park, went to the German club, thought I'd have a nice feed. It was great. Had pints, of, you know, the, not pints, big steins of beer, had nice, you know, nice meal. And then get to the game and got flogged. So I'm not really happy there. Um Really good percentage, 119.3. So, again, a high-scoring team. It's just if we could defend better. High-scoring high than the league, I think they are. Yeah, and if, if we could defend better or if you know, Harris Andrew maybe could defend better. Um, so that's Doesn't us. Help, but Marcus, we... Marcus Adams, obviously, um, now ruled out for the season with uh, yeah. concussion, lingering concussion issues as well, which is, is unfortunate. And Gar- Gardner's also been in, like, uh, rehab and stuff as well. So it's not looking great. I'm not... Hanging all of our hopes on Joyce, hopefully not. Um, Joyce? So, yeah, little Joyce. What's that movie again? It's Ryan Reynolds. Just Friends. Just Friends. Okay, there you go. Um, Mom, I'm on the phone. Um, <laughs> so Brisbane's draw. They play Adelaide, Collingwood, Fremantle, Gold Coast, Melbourne, and St. Kilda twice. So I think, well, Adelaide, Gold Coast, yeah, you'd probably kind of, you know, Maybe nearly lock those up. Collingwood, Fremantle, Melbourne and Saints are definitely more of a coin flip if uh, not the other way. So that's a bit of work obviously cut out for them there. First four is difficult. Port Adelaide, Melbourne, Western Bulldogs, Collingwood. But 
And I do say buts because once you get through the first four, it looks bad, right? So four really you good pay, teams. You, you pay Port at home though, don't you? Uh, Port away, Melbourne at home, oh, Doggies nice. away, Collingwood at home. Because, you know, Melbourne and Collingwood at the Gabba, it's going to be sold out. So you need to get that cash money. Um, after that though, they play North, Giants, Fremantle, Carlton, Essendon, Suns, Adelaide, Hawks. So I'm going to say four out of that bottom five out of those eight rounds following that. So that's where it kind of fits in with me looking at, okay, well, do I want to start a Brisbane premium like a Neil or someone else like that with a couple of those harder games, you know, sprinkled to start. But then once that three round um, average kind of starts to get into the, the swing of things into the season, then all of a sudden they start to get some of those easy games, which is where that price really can kind of drop or lift you know, with some good performances. Uh, degree of difficulty, fifth hardest for the season. Uh, no surprise. They're trying to stitch us up, uh, unlike Richmond. Probably have the easiest draw again, Richmond. Um, so that's it for the draw. So I am really looking forward to the season. The expectation is now here more than anything. We have drafted, I think, well. It's been lucky with the father-sons and the rest of it, but also the uh, intake as well. You know, Danaher um, going and getting yeah, Charlie um, Cameron as well. So we've... Slowly but surely, they kind of changed the culture, got people to stay like McCluggage, like Berry, then also got some recruits and some key targets. Yeah, Charlie Cameron's, yeah, Danaher's, and a few others. And now they've done it again with, you know, Dunkley, the biggest probably recruit since Neil, and also getting Gunston, who is a perfect replacement for a mixed day and cheaper, may I say, Chris, uh, than mixed day. So really excited. Uh, yeah, I think um, the interesting thing for me for Brisbane this year is how they line up. Um, They've obviously had quite a lot of list changeover. They've got a, a, some real talent coming to the ball club. Um, and how they fit the, fit everybody in is going to be interesting. Um, obviously, short down back. Uh, they Did they get a – have they got an SPP? They did for, for a de, in a defender. Yeah, Joyce. Did, yeah, okay. They, oh, Derek Joyce. Yeah, that's right, from from St Kilda. Does he play? Like, I, I never even rated him at St Kilda, like – no, I'm I don't know. Sure I think he do might be he might be backing up. So you, I think you've got was it Payne? You've got Gardner and you've got Harris Andrews. I think Payne was still fairly young, so they I might mean, just try and work with him a little bit. Like don't get me wrong. Like I mean, Harris Andrews to me, his best position is an, as a loose. I don't yep. like him playing on anyone, but he's forced to every single week basically take the best defender, and I think that robs far too much out of their defensive pressure because, like guys like Rich can't defend to save their life, so. It, it adds everything. Yeah, I don't know. Look, with Brisbane, they just added one of the best mid, contested possession midfielders in the comp. So if they're going to get the ball forward. They've got a great forward line. They are just leaky. Like they leak like a sieve <clears throat> through defense. And that's, that's, the, that's the problem. So if they can somehow work out to tighten that up or change structures or maybe alter the game plan, start, they, they, they can lose two goals out of their attack. Uh, if they can close up four goals on the on the defense, so I, I think they're the, the the Real Madrid Man City kind of setup where we're just going to back ourselves to kick more than you. Uh, who cares yeah. if we concede a hundred? We're going to score one hundred and twenty. Mm. Yeah, unless things unless the opposition starts to put a squeeze on. I think Brisbane. I think you're kind of right in the fact that Brisbane are probably going to back themselves to win it from the midfield forward. But I think they have to change things a little bit more and get a little bit more accountable or try and squeeze and pressure like Geelong do because Geelong make it really hard you do really transition quickly right so when it's a, when it's on one side of the field the whole opposite side of the field really does cover across to stop you switching and kind of suffocate you in to go long down the line and i think brisbane don't really do that pressure 
you know, like Fremantle did it really well last year. They would use that to turn it over before it got to defence and then slingshot another yeah, attack but the off problem it. So with that, Benny Boyd, the halfbacks that they've got in is like Conor McKenna doesn't defend. He's that attack. He won't be. He won't be a yeah. defence. Yeah. He'll be that, forward. But, well, no, I think it, well, he he's more natural as halfback anyway, depending on how you want to play it. But the guys that even you've got down there, like Kitty Coleman, I, I look at him as more of that attacking option and that they're yeah. not really. You know, they've got Starsevic and that's yeah. it. That's it. Literally, Ensworth. Ensworth is yeah, he, he, but I mean, I mean, Starsvich arguably is the best one-on-one -on -one defender in the comp as well. So, yeah, yeah. like, but yeah, that's he's the, he's he's by far their best defender. And then there's nothing because even uh, even Harris Andrews. Don't get me wrong, I think he's a decent defender, but he's again he's better when he's peeling off and taking yeah, those he, intercepts. He needs to be so that third guy, right? But they, they don't need, have that beast no. down there and that. Like he'd be one of the best players in the league if he could just zone off and do like kind of what Sicily does or you know some yeah. of those other players and and zone off. And it'd be SC relevant as well. <laughs> be, absolutely. And the thing is, like, so um, like losing Marcus Adams is is tough. But I mean, Marcus Adams wasn't a great defender to start with. Like he had the size to sort of wrestle and do th things like that, but he wasn't really a top tier defender. They're really crying out. Like, could you imagine if Stephen May went to the Lions? Like that. That's the sort of level of player that would absolutely alter the Lions' course for the next two or three years. That's what they need to be targeting in the next free agent. They probably don't have the money in the salary cap, obviously, now. They're a bit tied up. But, look, I like I like Brisbane. I think that they will do good this year. Um, uh, the fact that Dunkley went there has, is, is, in my opinion, that's a move that's 100% going to propel them back into the top four. Um, whether it's further or not, I don't think that they can get further with their defensive issues. So... We'll have to wait and see how they try and do that. A lot of times, a lot of other coaches try and hide their defensive issues with structural setup. Like that's what Frio essentially did. Like they were like, okay, we're, we don't have the team to be able to um, beat. We don't have the great forwards. We don't have great small. You know, we're, we're sort of average all over the park, but we've got a great defense. We're just going to suffocate you with defense and then just hopefully that, that pays off for us. And to a certain extent, it really did for, for quite a large part of the season. If, if Brisbane could just identify the fact that they have a poor defense and then make their game plan as a defensive style game plan to, to cater for that, I think that would put them in good stead. But I don't think they want to do that. So, um, yeah, really interesting for the season for sure. Interesting. Let's get into the premiums. I'm going to start off with Josh Dunkley first, just because he's probably the most relevant, uh, probably the most highly owned as far as Supercoach as well. Forward mid, which is why there is definitely a lot of appeal, $596,400. 26 years of age, so kind of getting into the peak of his career nearly, like hitting the straps now. And he definitely was, I think, again, we speak about brought to Brisbane to play that midfield sort of role. He's a he's a tackler. He's, he plays that defensive style as well that a lot of other lines don't really probably have as much. And he's great in and under. He's also good on the outside. He can hit the scoreboard. I think he's an absolute complete package. So we have a look. 108.3 was his average. He actually had the exact same amount of scores over 125 as Lockie Neal did. Uh, it's just the lower end sometimes, 18% of games, he would go under 80 but I can't really see that happening if he's now playing pure midfield. And I think we have to go back a couple of years, Chris, and you might want to back me up on this, but at the Bulldogs, I think it was a couple of years back, he played pure mid and he went, was it like 120, 128 average? It went it was 130, yeah. And Oof. like, here's the thing, like, I mean, this is the only reason why I, I think everyone's going to start dunking because they all know this anyway, but he averaged what he averaged last year, which is close to 110, and he had 50% CBAs. 
the kid is honestly one of the best contested footballers in the league. It's just unfortunate that he also played with two other guys named Bontepelli and McRae that are also and Libertori. Yeah, and Libba. Can only, and, Libba can and only Libba. play Lib. Yeah, Libba yeah. can only play mid too, which it hurts. And, you know, he's he's tall. He actually does have a good set of hands. I don't necessarily think he's a great shot at goal, but he can obviously hit the scoreboard. Um, his, his hands in close are, are like right up there with Patrick Cripps, in my opinion. Like I might be just celebrating the fact that it's Josh Dunkley and whatever, but this is how much I rate the kid, and I can't wait to see him unleashed. Um, I, I, I would argue he would be easy top three this year in terms of average overall over the season. I think he's probably going to be 125 plus. Um, and it's a big call early, but yeah. So if you don't have under the, I think um, the super coach DR said on Twitter the other day, is like, you know, there's, there's like 31% of people that don't have uh, Dunkley. I, I argue that 31% of people might just be auto, auto pick teams. <laughs> like at this stage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it, he absolutely will be the number one picked player for the year. I, I don't think there's any way around that. Uh, My frustration that... has always been, he was in Richmond's VFL team coming through the his draft year. Yeah. And I was hoping we'd trade up to get that. Obviously, there wasn't worth trading then, but get that pick around that end of first round selection because I knew Dunkley would fall somewhere there. But maybe they were always thinking, oh, father, son. But then, um, yeah, the, the Bulldogs got him. I think Sydney, I don't know what the matching rules were there or whatever, but the Swans didn't take him. Which was just really weird, um, and then since since then, obviously he's just dominated. I would go as far as saying I'd be happy to use my number one pick in draft to take him this year. Oh yeah, that's actually so real right now. Um, the, the the disparity between him and the next best forward is let's call it fifteen points per game, maybe. Like that's huge. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely valid. I don't know about first pick and draft. No, I, I mean, if I, I can, if, if, if I can get Clayton taking, Oliver, if I can get, is in if you're playing yeah, with a captain, yeah, if you have a yeah. captain score with a double captain, I'd probably be going Clary up. Uh, if I didn't have that, if you're tossing up a lot of these other mids anyway, I'd definitely, I'd be going Dunkley as well, knowing, especially if you're playing in a small league, like if you're playing with maybe eight, then you could easily, if you're running like even a snake, you should still be able to get a pretty good, um, VC or something as a midfielder, yeah, like a it, parish or a merit or someone that's still quite a good caliber on the way back. It depends. Yeah. Captains on captains off. If you've got no captains and that I'm taking yeah, then Dunkley. Off. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Look, and he's, he, um, he's also got the, um, the, the big scoring games in him. Like he still hit a one fifty five in round 21 last year. Um, we've seen him go absolutely huge. It wasn't that one game that he, he almost got the 200, didn't he? Yeah. A couple of years yeah. back. Yeah, play for the dogs. I'm I sure he did, did. get 200. He, I thought he did because he kicked like a couple goals in that first quarter, didn't he? It was I like contested, contested goal. I remember seeing him kick the second goal, went through, and I think he hit like 70 points in the first quarter or something stupid. And I'm I was just sure he hit. 200. I didn't. I didn't have him. I remember not no, having him. You, that's <laughs> right. Was it? Was he the one? He kept putting it off. Like I've got to get Dunkley. I've got to get Dunkley. Got to get Dunkley. Well, nothing happened. I remember not starting with him, and I'm like, nah, he's not going to get the mid rotations. No, it, it was blah, the blah. it was the 2019 year four years ago. So yeah, he, he and the thing was he'd gone that 173, and then he had three games around that hundred mark, and that. So I think if people hadn't jumped on him there, they were like, oh well, you know, that 173 is coming out of his cycle, and his break even was huge. Um, and then yeah, he went 202 against the D's. It was just ridiculous. Far out. That's just crazy. And then after that went 153, 169. Yeah. So so in terms of like ceiling, it's huge. huge. Like 
Um, he can he can hit the scoreboard for them in a team that scores already very highly. Something that I actually looked at because I was I was wondering earlier. I'm like, okay, so how does Josh Dunkley go in there and average 130 with the lines already there? But what's interesting, and I found this really really um, surprising. So they ranked fourth in kicks, but 15th in disposals. They were actually 17th in handballs. So their kick to handball ratios is arguably the best in the entire comp. And so they don't actually have a lot of possessions, but that's not the way Dunkley plays. So it'd be interesting to see if they reduce his, he's a high possession, um, high impact player, but a lot of handball, a lot of in tight handball is is how Josh Dunkley plays his game. Are they going to modify that? Are they going to ask him to put it on the boot more? That could be a thing that could slow him down potentially. Or um, link up because lines, sometimes they get like, yes, we got the ball and then they just try and kick it forward like a hack. Yeah. But if you actually play eyes up footy and someone has it and then they offload for someone that has a little bit more time, then they can make a better kick and a better judgment. So I think I'm really looking forward to yeah. better they decisions They now have someone forward. other than Neil that's going to provide them an option in that sort of 45 kicks because that's where Neil really does clean up a lot of his points is that he's the, the guy that they're moving the ball through the you know, half-back wing trying to get the ball forward. A lot of the time, they're just doing those you know little cheap 45 kicks. Neil's the only one hitting up. Um, and they obviously trust his use. They trust, trust him in that position. Dunkley's taller and a better option, and he does that all day long. I, I, yeah, I can't see a world where he goes under 110, and yeah, 130 is, is, is achievable. So, yeah, absolute lock. Don't even need to talk about it. Fantastic pick. All right. I now, was, I was so annoyed. Side. I was so annoyed that there was a rumor that went around that he was looking at Collingwood. And I was like, no, don't tease me like that. <laughs> That's not Mate, I, I heard the same it. thing about Richmond as well. And, that, and then obviously yeah. the, the Hopper and Toronto stuff happened. I would much rather have him than have um Oh, Dunkley was the one I absolutely wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all good. Well, well, well. <laughs> um, speaking of the flip side of things, Lockie Neal, $676,000 uh, midfielder. He's 29.6 years of age. So he's about to hit that sort of 30 mark, boys. Uh, he has played, what, 88% of the last three years. Really good average over the last one. So I had a poor year, I think, the year before that. 122.8 average last year, just gone. 86% of time over the 100. I think all three of his scores under 100 came around that round 12 onwards. Uh, the benefit, though, is only 4.5% under 100. So I'm he's been playing sort of all preseason. I'm of the belief that there's probably still plenty of room based on what Chris was saying with the lack of disposals as a whole team. And there was only three players in Brisbane that actually scored a hundred anyway. And one of those actually is Dunkley. So really there's just um, Neil and McCluggage really sort of getting some good points as far as super coach. So I don't see why Neil can't kind of keep the high sort of points that he's already got. 120 is definitely, I think, in reach. I know a lot of people are passing on him, maybe 17% owned at this point in time. Mm. And it could be one of those ones where everyone's like, oh, I just expect him to go down. But I'm like, well, if they start to possess it more, Lockie Neal's also really good inside and outside, so he might offload to somebody else. Or um, what used to kind of get slung, you know, slingshot straight out the back, et cetera, is now being clamped and tackled by Dunkley, and then you have another stoppage. So now there's another opportunity for Neil to get some points instead of it being a bit more slingshot footy. So I'm, I'm not... Too quick to, you know, um, underrate Lockie Neal. I still think he's got a lot to give. It, it's for me, um, I kind of want to see a little bit, but he does look fit, boys. 
I know yeah. Chris is probably hesitant, Swiss. Yeah, I, I, like I haven't considered him that much compared to the other guys because I'm more bullish on some of those doggies than that. But I know talking to Grimo the other night, Grimo has, I don't think he's left Grimo's side. Grimo is as bullish on him as possible. So um, usually Grimo's on the mark with stuff like that. So uh, I'm actually reconsidering it. Well, my, my biggest thing is if you don't start him, you can't have him. So the last three years, his first eight splits are well over the rest of the season. He starts hot and then he tails off every single year. So this year this year was 138.3 in the first eight. Second eight was, uh, so second, sorry, first seven. Second seven was 119.3. So that's a 20 points per game drop off. And 17 to 23 was 108.7. So... Every year, he starts hot and then fades. Now, for that reason, if you don't start him, there's no point in upgrading to him because yeah. he's proven three years in a row he can't sustain it over the twenty over the, that the twenty thing games. Is, does he sustain it more now that he's got Dunkley in support compared to the other years? And so, so what? This happens every year as well, mm. and it's 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 just within the AFL in general. People forget. They have three months off or four months off football. They forget that Lockie Neal is one of the most damaging players in football. And they just stop tagging him and no one gives a shit. No one, no one goes within a meter of him for six, seven rounds. And I just, I watch football it's, and I go, what are you doing? It's general AFL. The first six weeks, teams don't tag. Just never yeah, happens. Back, back your own system. It's, We're doing things yeah, our way. It. It's the whole thing. Yeah, that's, you've had all this preseason to plan around it. And then it gets to round six, round seven, and teams are like, oh, shit, Lockie Neal's had 40 touches the first six weeks. Maybe somebody should go stand near near him. And <laughs> it only takes one successful team. And that's and what happens. Everyone's Bad, doing everyone's it. Everyone's tagging Neal. Everyone is yeah. sheep. And that's how the system works. So you're completely so, right about that. And a lot of people are not wanting to start him because he's got that first buy. And they're thinking, oh, Neil's the one I'll get in round 12. That where... Potentially, because um, it's, it's but not it's not the greatest. It, it's, it's not really, because we've seen no. that where he does. Because yeah, he does start to tie. Now that that was my only argument. Now that he's actually got Dunkley for support in there, does he not get beaten up as much? But if and he's that's still a one valid argument, touches, yeah, yeah, because uh, he has. Who's getting tagged? If if Dunkley's putting up one fifties every week, yeah, kicking two goals, getting yeah. thirty five touches, like what? Who's who starts to get tagged? Yeah, Dunkley. Or even, or have we seen even, Dunkley even suitcase on the outside? And that if he continues yeah. to develop. It, it was um, Neil or suitcase. Um, yeah. Even with the dogs, I think they were ignoring Bontempelli at some point and kind of going Libertore because he was the extraction. So maybe yeah. there is valid, um, you know, yeah. in, in Dunkley getting well, tagged. But Jared Lyons was the support, but you're never tagging Jared Lyons. Well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing with Lyons. Like, I feel sorry for Lyons because he obviously we moved to Brizzy to, to get mid-time and he was good for a couple of years there. He was really, really good. But... He's not on the same level as Dunkley. No. He's he's not on the same level as Will Ashcroft, really, like in terms of talent. And yeah. I know that they want to develop him. So is he you – know, what's happening with him? Is he the one that goes forward in that sort of – on that whole scheme I of think things? He's like, a, I nearly, well, I'd like to think he's the fourth, but then you've still got, you know, your berries and that, I think. But I think still he is in that mix. Um Jared, Jared Lyons. Yeah, what's he? Yeah. Dead lines. But he's, yeah, so what, he's, now he's still two weeks away from main training. So I think he's still – yeah, once he gets in that side, potentially has like you know comes off the bench as that next rotation. Um, yeah. Because obviously you know the midfielders can't run all day and that. But oh well, yeah. Neil's got what ninety percent time on ground. Yeah, well Neil. Oh, huge. Neil, but I'm thinking about sort of more the other guys. But what what does Dunkley 
run around time, time on well, ground. I don't know. Seven on I don't know, but we've never seen Dunkley as a primary midfielder. That's right. But like, does he have to, to tank? We don't know. We, yeah, like, but it's hard that. to go that that change that much and that like you tank you you know going from what would we say seventy three percent or something like that. All right. So Eight, let me take over. 83. 83, Jared Lyons. Yeah, 83. So how can Dunkley really go from 83 to 90? You know, like you might get two or 3% growth in that. So, but yeah, I still think Lyons become sort of that. There's always a midfielder that comes straight off the bench for that, you know, that six minute mark rotation. I think that's yeah. Lyons. Jared Lyons is still two, a couple of weeks away from main training. So middle of January is when that was reported. So he was still two to three weeks away and that was about a week and a bit ago. Uh, groin issues, OP, et cetera, I think. So I think he's kind of starting from the back of the pack as far as, you know, midfielders, the tanks, the running and the rest of it, and that explosive sort of speed and power. On the flip side, though, you've got people that are, by all reports, you know, um, flying and doing really well, putting up some good speed as well. Like Zach Bailey apparently is looking for some more midfield minutes. He's extremely fit uh-huh. and flying. He That's was top three. Happening. No, it was Zach Bailey, top three as well in the best and fairest. This is out of... Literally what they were saying. No, uh, I, I, I believe – I, look, I rate Zach Bailey as a player. He's not getting any inside minutes. He will play wing, but he's not getting – He might be inside. If you're going Neil oh. and Dunkley, you need someone different. And if it's not, say, Suitcase, They're... right, Who who's dynamic? It's Rayner, dynamic players. So you have your, your contested in and under, those who Zorko's can get inside and outside. apparently in the best fitness of his of his career. He re- yeah, but who knows where he's playing. He's, not playing. Today. he's not he's playing. He's not playing midfield. If, why not? He's their, be- he's their best X-factor midfielder by a mile. Okay, so then it's like Zorko, Bailey, and Rayner probably playing, you know, bits and pieces, right? And, now, and, and you might There's... laugh at Zane Zorko because this is a little bit coming later in the segment if you wouldn't sabotage it. It's um, – <laughs> no, no, but the, so on a couple of occasions it's saying that like – and he does look fit off photos, et cetera, and how he's been able to, you know, do a full preseason in the first time in like three years and he's, you know, doing the running and he's not hampered by the Achilles issues he's had over those last few years. And then also another report came out. It was um, a journalist going to each and every one of these teams and looking at the fitness departments and and how teams are structuring up and how they're actually putting you know, different intensities at this time of the year. And then he came out as well saying, you know, Dane Zorka hasn't missed a single session this season in the preseason. So, you know, be it as it what it will, he is old and he could get injured, but I'm saying it is valid well, as that, far as a consideration. It really jumps up and for different games because we saw at the end of the year Barry had that – you know, spike in the in the midfield. We had Zorko sort of more, you know, uh, as we were leading into the bye rounds, he had his go in there. McCluggage had a real spike um, early on and then sort of, um, you know, went down and then started to probably be around that 50 mark around as they increased in finals. So it all depends on, I guess, who's, who's playing too because, um, yeah, there's so many that can run through there. And you've mentioned, you know, you, you've got your Zach Bailey, Lions coming back, you know, and we haven't even talked about, you know, Rayner and Will Ashcroft too. So they're all guys that get their opportunity. And even if it's, you know, they might only get, you know, one, two, three, four, um, it's still, that's that's still a percentage coming off somebody. So um, I think and we haven't, Rayner, even, haven't even talked about the guys like Dev Robinson. Yeah, and those sort of guys too. So it, there's, there's potential um, where they'll do a bit of rotation. I, I think the Lions... Could be one because some of those guys are so flexible and can play other positions or push out in the wings and that. Um, I think their bench setup could be really interesting next year or this year. The other, um, uh, the other factor that now is completely escaping me because I've right. just gone. 
Jared Lyons was actually second to Neil for CBAs as far as a percentage for the year. McCluggage was third. Yeah. So I think there's definitely a lot of escape there. I mean, the thing you know, is Rainer, that, yeah. Rainer was 24, Bailey was 21, Zorko was 21, Berry was 15. You know, so they did definitely have some, you know, bit but players. Goes, so I think Berry played a role though. Yeah. Berry is a role right. player. So when yeah. he went in there, he was there to tag. So yeah. he probably will still get that same. I don't think that. I don't, it depends. I no, I don't think they tag anymore. No, Just well, throw I, Dunkley to him. No, but I think it depends on who they're playing. That. Yep. Yeah. If you're playing against, say, the Doggies or Melbourne, they're going to send Berry in there. But if you're playing against North Melbourne, it'd be like, who cares? We're going to beat them. I, I don't think see both the point times in sending they... Berry in there. One of the Berry, Berry was... was good tagging Clayton Oliver for a half of football, and that was only because yeah. Berry went to the coach saying, "I want to do this." Yeah. Otherwise, Dunkley's a better tackler. No, so why I'm would saying, you put Berry in there? Game, so yeah. they'll do that. There will be games where the, there'll be somebody on fire, and they'll go to Berry in you get. The thing, the thing is, you, you wouldn't use Dunkley for that, and this is this no. is a, a coaching one hundred and one. Yeah. You want to be able to use one of your lower grade players to cancel that one of their A grade players. There's no point in you. Getting one of your A grade players cancel out one of their A grade players. That is could literally you, no could one wins. You guys do that against no, us because no. I'd be happy with that. You know. But... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> let Duncan so, sit on Hopper for a quarter. <laughs> so, uh, who's your coach? Someone again? did it. Fagan, someone right? did it to Dangerfield yeah, as well. Yeah. You can you can stop them from scoring, but win the ball your own way. Yeah, but Dunkley's just too good to like. You're doing that to your third best guy. Be like. Yeah, you're not yeah. doing that. So Fagan's Fagan's come out and said in regards to tagging because he had wrote an he um it was on an interview after Jared Berry had that success, and he's like, well, why didn't you just start the game that way? And he said that um that's not the way that they like to play football. They want to run their system, see how that's stacking up, and then they'll apply a tag if they need to. So it's so like that's why Jared Berry is basically like a break glass and break glass in case of emergency yeah. player. Um, he will get thrown into that role. And it's why that we never saw the big scores that we expected from him when playing mid-minutes last year because he would only really ever go in there to tag or whatever it may be. And his scores obviously plummeted when he was tagging. But don't get me wrong, he was able to win the ball at certain stages too. Um, but yeah, so that's that's Brisbane style, Ari tagging. They will do it if they need to clamp someone, but they won't do it from the get-go. Um, so that's good. And then, of course, well, their, their system's good. They win enough games. They've been up there for the last three three years. Why would they have to? Um, you know, the other teams have to chase them, especially when they're at home. So yeah, it doesn't make sense. All right, let's Agreed. move on. Uh, Hugh McCluggage is probably the next one. His role probably has to. He's probably the one that has to probably be impacted by Dunkley a little bit. Uh, does it go inside? Does it go outside? Does it go onto the wing? I think there is definitely a lot of flexibility for him, but I can't see him. There was he was always touted as someone to go one hundred and ten plus. I kind of see him now. What do you get? 103.7. I'm not sure where I'm picking him, boys. That's rough. Um, yeah. Outside, I mean, out, don't like 100 wrong, plus? He's, he's, yeah. I don't, I, I've always seen him as just more of a winger. Um, and I don't think his minutes inside are going to improve. He serves them better on the outside. But he can come inside and play as that extra midfielder, just not at center bounces. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, he's damaging. He's a great player. He's just, and he's not going anywhere. He's just not a super coach option, in my opinion. And even draft, I think people jump at him because they are hoping for this sort of natural progression that's going to come out of nowhere. But without that role change, it's just not going to happen. So I'll let someone else grab him. Has not. there ever been a 110 averaging winger? Well, Gaff got pretty oh, close think, one year. I yeah, think there I think wasn't. Gaff did. Maybe. Didn't he? What did he yeah, play inside that, that year? 
Because I know he played inside for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Probably role, role definitely matters. Um, yes, it does. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's go through these rookies so that way we can actually tie things off a little bit uh, better. Uh, straight off the bat, you've got Will Ashcroft, uh, $202,000 midfielder. When we have a look, his super coach average for 2022 in the NAB League was 159. He also tallied through the VFL, the NAB, and the under-18 champs, 140 super coach points in 16 out of his 21 games. And for the Brisbane Lions VFL team, he scored three. He played a few times. He scored 119, 126, and 146 in the VFL for the Brisbane Lions. So Will Ashcroft, for me, I think is, an, is a no-brainer. And I know some people have reservations about that. But I think Brisbane are going to, number one, they're going to find a way to play him. Rumor is he will get some, you know, I think someone said third behind Rain, uh, behind McCluggage. No, Neil Dunkley, Rainer was, uh, sorry, Ashcroft was not far behind those boys. Probably going to overtake a few others as well that were on the fringe for that sort of spot. And secondly, when you're going to say a team like North Melbourne, it's kind of your it, that you have to do all the heavy lifting. He's going to the Brisbane Lions and no one's going to pay a single bit of attention to him. And he's going to be able to just go out there, learn from everyone else, play footy, and probably exploit some of the weaker players on the other team's best 22. This has got Dacos written all over it. I know Dacos played a different role. But we talk about rookies coming in and scoring. Or I think it was it where we had Sam Walsh and, and that. But like at least like last year with Collingwood, they had good players around Dacos. So nobody cared about him. Let him run around and do whatever. Ashcroft, and Ashcroft's, I think, next level on that. What was he like? First game of the VFL and he got best on ground. Like this guy is ready to play against, you know, adults. So... It's hard I, I, not to have him. The only the only reservation I more had was the sub rule and thinking, do they at yeah, times? Yeah, is go, he the twenty okay. third best player? Yeah, well, yeah, I think he's, I think he's, he's actually in the best twenty, like the best sort of eighteen to twenty. But do they go some games? Okay, mate, you've played well today. We're up by enough. Have a rest today. Yeah, yeah whether it gets managed, my, managed as you worry. can say. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, some of that could be mitigated if if they go with a two ruck system. So if they play Fullerton as well, you'd say that he's probably the first one to to get subbed out. Um, look, I, I was like you guys are obviously know, and um, those who listen to our podcasts a lot would also know. I was very uh, cautious leading into um, after the draft and you know, leading into super coach, et cetera um, about him mainly because his role. And I just looked at the Brisbane list and I'm like, and th- it's true. There is about 15 guys that are trying to get more mid minutes, you know, and um, I love, you know, Zach Bailey. I want to get more mid minutes. Uh, good luck, Zach Bailey, because <laughs> You got Will Ashcroft. You just recruited. They basically just got two like top tier premier midfielders. Mm-hmm. Like Brisbane are arguably the best midfield in the comp now. Like, and that's against you know Carlton, who have an absolutely fantastic midfield. Um, Melbourne, who are obviously an absolute killer midfield as well. You know, Big O is is actually a, a fairly serviceable and and accomplished ruckman now. Yeah. Neil, top tier, absolute top tier, Brownlow medalist. Dunkley, future Brownlow medalist, is going to win it this year. <laughs> um, and now you've got Will Ashcroft, who's absolutely amazing. So, yeah, look, it's um, it's rough scenes for anyone trying to go up against them. But, yeah, I, I don't know. The guys that suffer are going to be the Rainer. They're going to be – it's going to be Bailey. Um, it's going to be – yeah, McCluggage is going to be able to get inside. You know, these guys on the fringe, uh, Matheson must hate his life. He's been trying to get in – into that role. Dev Robertson, like, dude, how how hard have they worked to try and get into Brisbane's midfield? And this kid's just going to roll out of school and go, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm not starting mid. 
like <laughs> legitimately. So yeah. I reckon um, Rob, I reckon that's the reason Robbo got forced out to retire because oh, absolutely, I mean, yeah, because yeah, otherwise Robertson was going back to WA, and the, I think there's probably a role for him. He was also someone they used to tag uh, instead of Berry at some points uh, throughout the year, or whether Robertson kind of gets onto the wing uh, as that sort of option. Now, for me with Ashcroft, I, I honestly think. He's best 22, but I'm not sure what his role is going to be because in every single line, I can think of someone who Ashcroft would be able to replace. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think they sort of almost JHF it. I don't think he's necessarily going to be used behind the ball. I hope that they don't, that that would be like throwing your defense even further into the wolves. Like it's insane to like, if they didn't have like a Kitty Coleman and a Rich already, you know, he's not going to be able to defend guys at a high level. It's just not going to happen. So they can't play him off halfback. They can play him outside on a wing and he could be sort of a defensive sweeper if they want to use him that way. But I think it's high half forward midfield. He, he, he'd be the worst, like not worst, but as in he'd get the least attention in that whole forward line. You know, you, oh, yeah. you look at it. So yeah, well, you have like Danaher, Gunston, um, you know, I don't know if Fullerton's in that at that point in time, but anyway, you got um, then you've got Charlie Cameron, you've got Zach Bailey or Raynar, one of those two will probably be in that sort of mix, and then you've also got um, old mate from Geelong, I can't even think of his name right now, McCarthy. so he would be, yeah, McCarthy, right? So, all of these really, you know, dynamic good forwards who are damaging, and then all of a sudden, it's like Ashcroft is just floating in on like the worst player in the opposition's team, going, oh, okay, cool, yeah, it's. It's dangerous. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like either way, anyway, he goes. I think he's he has to be half forward flank um, slash inside. Um, what the splits are is going to be interesting, and, and the whole team splits. And I think it's this way for a lot of teams at the moment. It, Port Adelaide are very similar. They've got a whole bunch of guys that you you want to rotate through that midfield. But what is going to be the mix? And unfortunately, we get what is it one preseason game this year, guys? Like, yeah, with the but extra they've round? got the practice game as well. Yeah, so practice game. Yeah, Brisbane are playing in Sydney. I think that practice match. Okay, top of my head. So those are going to be critical, both of those, just to get an idea and a range of of how they're actually going to be lining up for round one, because this that sort of information that close to the season is going to make or break our teams. Um, either way, I think that Ashcroft is probably going to be serviceable enough anyway. What do we think he averages, though, at, just out of interest? I mean, we had, what, Dacos off a halfback and a bit of midfield last year went 91. Walsh in his first year went uh, above 80, well. was it? Or, no, it was I 90, think. I think. Yeah. Raul, obviously, with his five games, went fairly well Huge. as well. I, I, um, I, I actually think it's 70 only because I think the game there'll be games where he will get subbed. And that and it will affect or might start as the sub, say against okay. maybe if they're playing the dogs or something like that. But maybe true average would be getting closer to that, uh, maybe sort of seventy-eight to eighty-two. Okay, yeah, I've I've got him going eighty. And I'm, as far as rookies scoring on field, because you can't you can't start all premiums, you can't start all mid prices, and you're going to have to start some rookies on field. And I think as far as a rookie on field, you know him and Phillips and Johnson or whatever. I'd much. I'd like to bank on Ashcroft just chipping away, getting me some nice eighty scores. I think. That. I think he's also going to be the most selected rookie by a long way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I so if you don't have him, then you're going to be behind the eight ball. He's if he goes going to be a bit like Dacos last year, when you know a lot of people wanted traded in him, like I did, and that because he had a couple of those poor scores, and then he went obviously bananas 
second half of the year. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to stall his cash gen around about round six, seven, eight. Um, and, you know, I think he'll put in a couple sort of those 50s or to be a sub score. And that's really going to define a lot of people's teams because some will move him on and try to upgrade him while others will hold firm. And, um, you know, there, there could be that big spike at some point where, you know, he gets 10 games into his body and might start peeling out, you know, the 100, 110 score. If he's not injured, he could, you could do a lot worse than just have him sitting on your bench. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, yeah, as in I mean, like you like upgrade that, around him yeah, and, and, know, and, and he's your. Last year with Dacos as well. Oh yeah, I moved on Dacos before all these big scores. Who did you bring in for him? I can't even remember, but it was someone that averaged far less than him in the back half of the year. I don't want to talk about it. I have a feeling it was all right for me because I feel like it was Himmelberg, but it still was like, you know, I could have still had Dacos and just moved someone else. Um, I I think I butchered that. My my back end trades were just cooked. (laughs) So cooked. But that, um, I think he's that. That's where his dilemma. I think you've just got to start him and that. But that'll be one of our talking points throughout the season. Going, is this the week or do you hold? All right, we've got a couple more rookies that we need to get through. Uh, Darcy Wilmot, one hundred twenty-three thousand nine hundred defender, did play the finals matches that they had. Scored a fifty-two, sixty-one, and a seventy-three. The only reason he hasn't gone up in price is because it was finals, and finals do not count for um, your scores for the following year. So. The price is the same, which is awesome. Did replace the uh, suspended Answorth at that point in time, who coincidentally is still currently injured. Um, different thing, one was suspension. And it's, it's going to be interesting for me. So automatically when you see him, and let's put McKenna as well in the same boat. Um, let's say Connor McKenna came, was from Essendon, went home to Ireland, came back. He's 167,500. And I think it was, was it? 21 games for Essendon at some point for an 80 super coach points. So he was definitely relevant. I did hear somewhere that he was training forward or looking at maybe playing as a forward. I don't know if he's going to be on that forward line. I guess if you have Charlie, yeah, Charlie Cameron, then maybe he could be really another dynamic kind of troublesome player to match up on. But otherwise, if he's looking in defense, it's going to be really hard. You know, Kitty Coleman, and then you have say McKenna and then, you know, Wilmons like, and then you have your other, players as well like Stasevich and then the other keys so I don't, I don't I'm not sure how it all fits in Wilmont has that x factor and that energy that they like and apparently I think he's also along with I think him and Sharp and a couple of these other boys have put on a little bit of a little bit of size but I'm not sure if he keeps it boys yeah mine you know at the moment I've got McKenna in because it's easier to go from McKenna down to Wilmont than it is the other way if depending on how they line up. But realistically, I actually want none. I'm trying to find the money to get Coffield back in because I've had him all preseason. I yeah. I'm, I'm worried to touch either of them um, just because of that. I think McKenna also just getting back into the system again, like he's probably good enough. I think they're all, we've talked about this Brisbane, what's their best 23? And they've got enough depth that 24, 25, 26, 27 will play games. And how many games do they play? Um, uh, it could be a possibility that people are going to get lucky. Some people, it could be one of those things that you might fade them and yeah, you get a lot of success out of them. Or it might be a case where, you know, people might start them or whatever, and then round three an injury goes down and those who actually held on are going to get rewarded. Um, but I don't have a lot of confidence in either. Like Obviously, they see a lot in Wilmot because they played him in finals. And he looked great. 
but as you said, there's there's so many options down there. It's really they, you know, he might be the next in line, and McKenna might be the next in line depending on who's available. Yeah, can I, I look, say it looked great, but also he was speedy. He'd pick it up, he'd back right. himself, and he'd run. Mm. But then he also would butcher the ball a little bit, which is again coming from a new player. They showed something I think it was on uh, BrisbaneLions.com.au or whatever their social media was, and it was. Um, I think he did something really great and got a hit up and then turned around and then pretty much butchered a 10-meter pass to I'm not even sure who it was, but pretty much picked it up. And I was commenting online, like, I'm pretty sure that was out of bounds. Like, he kicked it inbounds. Bounds. Yeah, no, he kicked it inbounds, and then the player he kicked it to was like a half volley, picks it up, and then took it out of bounds. That, that so was, I'm that, not backing him too that much. That reminds me, of, but that's a lot like McKenna anyway. McKenna's that kind of dash yeah. speedy, but can butcher the ball as well. So yeah, And, and put that's on the, the thing, so... To, to me, that you can only play one. Mm. Like, yeah. I, I can't see them. And look, I don't see a world where Conor McKenna plays half forward because oh, they've already got a well. hundred half forwards that want to play midfield as well. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're so full there. There is a spot for a speedy halfback because they lack serious pace. Daniel Rich is not a runner. Mm. Um, Back pocket. Kitty, yep. Kitty Coleman, he's not a runner. Like these guys are great users and they're great distributors, but they are 100% not, not runners. That, yeah. That's just a fact, right? So um, they need speed in the background, back, back half. That's what they were really lacking last year. The, I think their biggest thing that they were lacking. So one of those players offers that. And, and I think the one has to be McKenna because he's not coming all the way back from Ireland. He's had offers from to return to Essendon. I think Geelong may have even yeah. been interested in that. Like he's chosen Brisbane for a reason. So they've clearly gone, this is your spot to lose. No, and look, what's likely, in my opinion, one of, them, one of them's 22nd player mm. and probably one of them's the 23rd, yeah. right? Yeah. And so do you want to play that rookie roulette with Wilmot or, or Conor McKenna? I, I don't think so. So, yeah, until further notice, I'm not having either. Yeah. There's enough defender rookies right now showing promise that I don't need to touch either of them either. But yeah, I'm I'm not sold on them, uh, and I mean their scoring potential is not outrageous anyway. So I don't think you're going to lose too much. I mean, what's Connor McKenna's best average is in the 60s, low 60s I no, think no. as well. McKenna got 80 average. He had one good year. He yeah, he got an 80 really average over 21 okay. games. I think the year before that was like 71 and change. Before that, so yeah. Okay. Not not outrageous. Yeah. So yeah, uh, not not for me. Not the risk is too high. But I mean, I, I like both of them. Um, I just don't think that they're that they're just on the cusp of selection, not locked in, not guaranteed, and you need that from a rookie if you're going to be um, putting them on, especially on field. Like you're not paying 160k for McKenna to sit on your pine, are you? You probably no. have him on your field. Yeah, that's a risk. Wilmot, yeah. on the other hand, if he's on your bench, if he's D D seven D eight, like maybe get away with it. Some to think about anyway, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, like my bench defenders, I think at, uh, was it that Weddle? That's as expensive as I want to go on the bench. Yeah, you're not wa- wasting an extra 30K to have a bench player. So I agree. Um, let's get into some breakouts and some different value here, boys, particularly for draft leagues as well. Uh, as we said, you know, we've already mentioned a few of these players as well. Can, can um, I, yeah, Kitty- I, know, I know you've got some, and I, I wouldn't mind jumping in there, mate. Um, are you going to talk about uh, the big O? Have you got him on your list? 
Uh, yeah, that's part of like draft relevance. I'm okay. not really picking him in in standard. No, no, no. But we'll might as well. Let's start with the big O as far yeah. as draft relevance goes, because the ruck line is very problematic. Um, now, I don't know about you boys. If I'm with the draft line, right, and rucks, because normally rucks would get picked very, very, very early. I can't see many rucks getting picked inside the first two rounds this year. I think the rucks. It all depends on your um, how many teams in your league. If you've got a ten team league. You you grab Big O in the whatever your second, third, fourth, last round is, grab him because I think he can average within ten points of probably the fourth best ruck this year. Uh, I think he can still go ninety if he's tapping down to Dunkley. Um, that like he he's got the history of going sort of that eighty five to ninety range anyway. And do we really see too many other rucks going big hundreds? So why would you go early if you're? However, if you're in a Deeper league, say we play now fourteen or sixteen league, yeah. We've um the the rucks really thin out after him, so I think he's in that sort of that tenth best ruck, but there's nothing really after that. So it all depends on yeah your size because I think he's in that yep. range. Yeah, I think if you're playing eight to ten leagues, you could probably afford to leave a ruck till very late. Yep. yep. Um, I'm just saying, I'd be, as in, I'd yeah, be there's very comfortable having. I think I had him in one of them last year, and I took him like round sixteen or something. And he still went, what, what, what did he go last year? 80-something? 80, 80, um, what did he Oh, go the big O. For? Yeah, the uh, big He went 88.5. 88. So it's like, yeah, I'm getting somebody really late who's averaging 88. And you look at what the other rocks did. And he plays most yep. weeks. There's no, he's got really no competition. There's like, you know, they, they give him the chop out, but he runs around and now he's got a better midfield to tap down to. So, yeah, you're not, he's not a standard, but in a draft, he's one that, I'm likely to have shares in. Yeah. And if Dunkley's getting more tackles, there's probably more stoppages and more taps that can kind of go his way. Are they um, going to be running uh, Fort as uh, sub this year or are they going to ditch that idea? Cause... Yeah. <laughs> no, that, if, if anything, they'd probably start Fort on field and then just run. Yeah, just now that it doesn't matter if you use or don't use a sub, I guess. Um, going into the draft, though, there are a few people that there's definitely value. So I'm not, I'm not going to call them like a breakout because the only one I think that could probably – Break out would probably be a Zach Bailey, um, and he needs quite quite a lot to go his way. I think he's a very dynamic person, but because of the nature of position he plays, it's kind of a hit and miss. Sometimes he goes very large, sometimes not as much. And um, but for me, as far as value goes, based on their average last year and the averages that they've had previously, or potential average coming up, um, Dane Zorka we've already spoken about as a forward, four hundred fifty three thousand in standard, but. 82.3 average. There's no reason if he is fit and he's dynamic and Brisbane are winning a lot of games like we expect them to, and he's not really going to get the attention with all of these other things going on. I can see Zorko hitting that 90, you know, 90 to hundred mark possibly. So I think there's a little bit of value there uh, for draft leagues, particularly not going there in standard, but um, yeah, that, that's one for me. The other one is Harris Andrews as well. Went, uh, I think it was like 90 odd the year before that he's easily 10 points under that the year just gone. So he's 79.6 average. As you start to get into your, your D5s or your bench options, I think you could do a lot worse than having a Harris Andrews who might be able to have that potential to hit a 90. Uh, Zach Bailey is the other one. So if I had him as my F5, I'd be laughing. 76.5 average. I'd love a Zach Bailey as my F5, um, you know, particularly those 22 sort of team leagues. Or even on, if you could get him on the bench or anything like that, 76.5 average. Probably people jump for him because he's quite a popular player. But um, – I see him as a, as a pretty good serviceable option. And then Cam Rayner got a 71 average of 22 games, but did show some real talent 
and kind of connected everything together in the back end of the year. And he's someone that I actually see going 80 plus this year. So a bench option as well for draft. The, the one I'd like to throw in is uh, Gunston coming in. Yeah, Gunston. He'll, he'll be the real forgotten man there with McStay gone. We know how crucial role that McStay played for them last year um, with Hipwood, Danaher. Um, I think Gunston, you know, can play that hip up, hit up role. Um, so he's one that I think a, a lot of forget or be like, oh, you know, how, you know, he's because of his age and whatever. But yeah, you just got to remember what, what McStay go last year. Like, you know, he had games where you know, he's very serviceable. So I think as a late pickup in the forward line, he could do a lot worse. Yeah, maybe bench for me. I don't know if he's a serviceable, but also scoring, or if he's just kind of is, do the role and chip uh, away. Is he going to play forward, or have they earmarked him to play defense now with Mark? Right, if, he, if he down? played defense, then I'm definitely looking at. Oh, him I'm now. a like that's that's what I mean. Like <laughs> he's he's he all of a sudden becomes standard relevant if he goes behind the ball. Yeah, three ninety three thousand in standard. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do, but he was someone kind of like a Sisley was forward and yeah. then put him in defense and scored really well in defense. Well, they need it all. They mm-hmm. need, yeah. It, what's, what's Gunston? 193 or something? He's not like a traditional um, tall forward. Yeah, he's not, to... he, he's not going down there to play lockdown if that was the case. Um, no. But if Harris Andrews locked down, then he can go and take some marks and just, you know, extract the ball. Yeah, he's 193. So he's playing. He'd be playing third. Yeah. Well, and this, but here's the thing, right? So do they? How does I? Like, this is the, the real yeah, Bris- question Brisbane's about Brisbane. Yeah. Right. So their forward line, they've got Danaher obviously up there. They've lost McStay, but they um they so will probably have to play another big forward, and they'll probably are they going to go with Fullerton and Fullerton. then and then Fort? Probably. Uh, how big are they going to go? Um, are they going to go, you know, Gunston down there and then they can go, you know, Gunston, um, Danaher and then just Fulton or just Fort and then leave that extra tall out. Like, I'm not really sure how they're going to line up round one, but there's an option there that, that um, if, 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 keep an eye on it, if, if Gunston ends up playing behind the ball, you want to be on that boat, especially in draft. I think that's just an absolute, I'm not, I'm not sure how much meat on the bone there is there, but that's a lot. So I'd be interested to see. Yeah, I think Woody average 70, so it's definitely a little bit of room a room for that one. Um, I think that's pretty much rounding out a lot of this, boys. So I am watching out for Devin Robinson. Uh, I think if anything, is if he, any role he'll get, it's probably more wing. And at 259000 for a wing-ish kind of player, I'm not sure how sold I am on that, but I am kind of keeping a loose eye on him. I do hope he gets a good gig because I do quite rate him as a player. Um, and again, we have seen him do some uh, accountable roles, which kind of would shoot him in the foot as far as cash generation anyway. Benny, Benny um, can I, yes. I'll throw one last one at you. Just a bit left field for those people who do like kind of your keeper leagues and stuff. Will Ashcroft obviously going number one in our, in our drafts, in keeper drafts, if you're starting a brand new one. Well, maybe not if a brand new one, but depending on if, if you're in a, already have your draft, and you've got pick one, you're taking Ashcroft. That's what I mean. Yep. What yep, are yep. you trading to give up to get Ashcroft? Well, I can tell you this firsthand. I traded yeah, Lockie Neal to get Ashcroft. Um, it depends on where you are. So mine, I won our Keeper League last year, and I had a very old demographic. So I had, uh, like, you know, like Hawkins and a few of these other, like quite an older team. And the only kind, only young ones I sort of had, I think, was um, Pelly and Ashcroft. And then looking at the teams that were kind of coming up behind me, I was like, wow, they've got some real young talent. 
you know, you have all of these, you know, Walsh and all of these other, you know, um, Andersons and all of these players coming up behind you where I'm like, they're going to kick my ass next year. So I was, as a Brisbane fan, I was like, okay, well, I can get rid of Lockie Neal, who's turning, what, 30 or whatever, and he might give me a couple more good years. And I can trade him and I can get pick number one and I can get Ashcroft, who might give me another good 10 years or something or other. So um, I think in keeper leagues, sometimes draft picks are overrated. So you can be like, oh, hey, I'll give you Bontempelli for pick six. It's like, cool, well, what are you going to get at pick six, a, a pipe dream and a, and a – you know, it's kind of like getting a busted up car and you have to polish it all up yourself and wait 10 years for it, you know, five years for it to get going. So I think sometimes it's best to trade your picks for quality players, except if it's for like an Ashcroft, you have to give up some real collateral. And I gave up Lockie Neal for Ashcroft. There you go. Yeah, I thought that was a good point because I know a couple of people have been talking about what they're doing in keeper leagues and I actually brought raised that and they're like, I can't believe somebody traded Neil. And I'm like, yeah, but this is a 10 year investment for you. And obviously we're in a keeper league where we do take it seriously and play every year. You know, Correct. people drop in and drop out. So that changes things. But for those who are playing serious keeper leagues, um, yeah, there's some food for thought. To, you know, are we playing that league seriously? I just thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> <It's been laughs> but also sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you have to take your chances early to get a player. So I, I got, it was funny because it was stupid because I, I let it go. But I think I traded um, Petraka, who wasn't doing as well at the time, and uh, Higgins. Was it Jack Higgins or whatever from Richmond at the time? For Because he was a highly rated junior for Sam Walsh. And sometimes – but then you get Sam Walsh now. No one's going to trade him. He's an no, absolute jet. Right. You know what I mean? So And, well, and Petraka hadn't quite hit his straps yet either. So sometimes you have to get in early in these keeper leagues to – pay more than you want to get a player depends if you're in that that zone like i know chris and i a couple of years ago maybe three years ago went lured for suitcase and there was snake, uh. snake knives attached to that um but yeah obviously where chris was at and where i was at um i was trying to regen my list and chris was a chance of winning so you know he gave him a couple of good real years there as a defender and then obviously now i've got suitcase hitting his prime and that so yeah there's some decisions that you make around there yeah i'd give up whatever you need to to get pick one Depending, if you have a young side, if you have an older side, there's no point. Otherwise, you, your list is split half in half. Yep. Whereas I had an old list and I was like, right, I'm just going to take the pain. And what better way for me to take pain as a Brisbane supporter than to get the number one Brisbane you know, um, talent no for the future. No bias at all there. No, 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 it was in for the future. <laughs> well, yeah, well, wouldn't you? Like if you if you had the opportunity last year and you had an old list and you know you weren't going to win for future years, you just give up a really good player to get Dacos and then start over again as a, a Collingwood supporter with someone you – who will be your captain every week at some point. Um, I just see as a no-brainer. I, I actually, <laughs> this sounds stupid. I didn't think Dacos was going to be as good as he was. I, I, I He blew me away last year. Absolutely. I think he blew most people's expectations away. I, there, like, at uh, was what, round nine, round 10 or whatever, Dacos is averaging like 80-ish or, or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like he's playing well. Like he's doing well, well in his role, blah, blah. Turns out that he's had an ankle injury. Comes back two weeks later and absolutely tears a new one. Like I couldn't. Yeah, no, nah, that yeah, back I'm end. The didn't As you see guys know, I, I, I track a lot more of this the under 18s like a couple of years out, and um, obviously really big on Walsh and Rao, but I wasn't as big. I was already talking about Will Ashcroft the year like for Dacos. Like, oh yeah, yeah, 
there's a couple of really good players in this draft and this is going to be some good ones. But yeah, next year when you get Ashcroft into the league and that, and if we'll trade, I think we'll trading future picks. I probably should have gone harder because I knew how good Ashcroft was going to be. But yeah, Dacos was, it's not a surprise because we knew he had a lot of talent, but yeah, this good. Yeah. It's a, it's a, what a bonus for Collingwood. And I love the fact that we got a Pies player on a Brisbane podcast as well. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> no um, quickly, just before we go, um, we didn't chat too much about Jasper Fletcher. I, I don't know anything about him. I was just hoping that um, we could get a little um, bit of info. Do you think yeah, he's got yeah. a chance of playing this year? Or? He'll play at some point. Uh, possibly. So I think he's also quite highly rated. He was uh, more of an outside player, so more of a wing sort of player, so a running kind of link-up player. He did have some, I think once he got drafted, some back issues. So I think he... Don't know if he had surgery, but he yeah, no, I know a little bit. He's had, back yeah, to, I don't think yeah. he was back in training until just recently, or at least running. Correct. Yeah, um, just back, sort of recently. Um, where are we, Fletcher? Yeah, uh, finally returned to running January thirteen as he recovers from back injury. So he's someone I'd look at as maybe as a downgrade option, but he's quite expensive for that one hundred fifty-seven thousand. And again, as an outside kind of player, but. Um, I say outside. I think the Lions will probably use him more as an outside link-up player, but he did have some fairly good, you know, I think it was uh, 40% or something like contested possessions in his I, game I, as well. Recruiters generally look, even if they're outside, they still have to be able to win. This is why Dylan Stevens will never be an AFL player, by the way, is that if you can't win your own ball in the junior levels and they rate about 40% as the minimum requirement, you're never going to be able to play AFL football because a lot of your possessions just need to be contested. Um, so, yeah, so that 40% mark, as even if you're an outside player, is important for recruiters to see that they can actually win their own ball. Who's swearing at me on the spreadsheet? That must be you. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> just saw that. Um, yeah, and that's why Aisha as well struggled, I think, for quite a while because he yeah. was a very low contested possession player. And Brisbane jumped early, early on that one. Uh, look, that wraps us up for a very in-depth, kind of distracting um, Brisbane Lions podcast there, boys. That was like a just a general podcast talking about Brisbane and Pies is going to be at least two hours, so I don't know. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> when do we get the Tigers, mate? Oh, when do I get the Bombers? Wait until I absolutely destroy that, mate. <laughs> yes. I can't Jesus, wait to Jesus. rip into the Bombers. Um, look, that's it for the Brisbane Lions, and we'll catch you again soon. Cheers. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry.